Did you know that you have everything you need to fulfill what you've been born for? Yes, you've got everything. You've got everything inside of you to fulfill the purpose and the reason why you were born. Many people look on the outside. Many people look for something. They try to mimic other people. But that's not necessary because when you know who you are, your purpose will become clear. Your vision will become so vivid and your vision will help you on your way. It will almost be as a shining light on your path of life. And then you will realize that your potential, that which is already on the inside of you, will help you to get where you need to get to. I share with you these four basic principles today as I promised in the previous episode and I trust that you will continue in this episode with me and find what you need to have today. I'll speak to you right after the break. Welcome to the Rise and Shine show where we help you to become the leader that you were born to be. The show is proudly brought to you by Sunshine Harvest. And now let's move on to today's episode. I am so happy to be with you again today. And as I promised in the previous episode, I'm going to share with you the four elements necessary for true leadership. And these four elements are going to help you to know who you are. You may know who you are, but if there are some elements or some areas that you need to to polish, if we can call it that, this will help you to really understand these concepts. Now, I'm also going to share with you a a story. Now, it's a bit of a lengthy story. I'm not going to tell you every little detail, but I'm going to share the story with you so that you can understand in this young man's life how these elements came together and how he was eventually at the place that was purposed for him even before he was born. But let me just give you these four elements so that you can uh, just have that in your mind as we go along. Now the first is identity. Now you need to know who you are in order for you to move forward because when you understand who you are then your purpose will become clear to you it'll just almost pop out that's the second one is purpose and then vision this will also help you to clarify and to really sharpen your vision and that'll help you to move forward even easier And the fourth one is potential. And when you understand that your potential is already inside of you, then it's just easier to dig in deep and just to let it come out and so that that can also help you on your way and uh, realize your purpose, your potential, and your goals that you have for your life. Now, I'm just going to give you a little bit of an overview on identity first because I'm sharing these ideas with you today because the intention is to help you to see things in a different perspective. And and it's also really to help you to understand how wonderful you were made. Sometimes we make ourselves, uh, you know, want to run ourselves down, but please don't do that because what you have inside of you, the way that you've been created is amazing. And like I've said to you in previous episodes, you have something that everyone needs. I need what you have and you need what I have. That's how important this whole thing is. And you know what? You may listen to this message and not truly understand everything that I'm saying. But I'm asking you, please, even if you have to listen to this message several times, just to grasp these concepts and make it your own. Please do that because when you grasp these these concepts, these elements and understand them better, it's going to help you on your way as you go along. And it's also very important to understand that these four elements are really interdependent and they cannot really be separated. It's like a jigsaw puzzle and these four pieces fit 
perfectly together. And once they are together, when they fit it together, then you can see the picture. Then it's like this beautiful, complete picture. And that's really where we're going to. Now, identity is really when you know who you are and that you are made in the image and the likeness of your creator. And this is very important. You didn't just happen. One day, your mom and your dad decided, oh, okay, you know, we just want to have a a child and you just came from there. No, even before you were thought in their minds, there was already uh, a being, a person that decided that you're going to have to be born for this specific time with this specific purpose because what you have, nobody else has. It's like our fingerprints. I have unique fingerprints. You have unique fingerprints. And no one can substitute you. That's how important you are. Yes, someone else can be maybe used to replace certain things, but what you have is so unique and we need you. We need you and we need to help you to get where, you, where you're supposed to be so that you can give out that which you have on the inside of you. And, you know, when you understand this and know that you can be bold enough, but also humble enough to admit that you cannot do everything in your own strength, that is, I almost want to say that's the start of everything because although I can do many things I'm talented in many things but I know that I cannot do these things just out of myself and that is the same when you can understand this and there's a purpose for you and these elements have been given to you right on the inside of you so that you can help someone else remember what we said about leadership about true leadership is not to dominate and, and all these things on on, uh, on people but it's really when people come to you for what you have they don't even really come to you for the person that you are yes you you're gonna be this person and become this person that that's nice to be with with good character and and all these things but it's really for what you have, for those fruits that people come to you and gather around you. And the juicier and the sweeter these fruits are, people will come to you and people will just come from all over. Most of the time, I mean, some of the people that are connected to me, I don't have a clue where they are coming from. And that is what happens when our fruit that we give out and that we live out, when this becomes really to the point where people want what we have and that's how they gather gather around us and it's also that um, you and I don't always understand and realize the power and the authority that has been given to you when you were born although you were a little baby but there's been a certain power and authority that's been given to you and when you grow up and when you grow into these these uh, purposes and the things that you have to bring out into the world it's only then when you can use this authority and when you know how to use it in the correct way that you can use it to your own benefit and to the benefit of those around you now in ancient scriptures it's it's been written I can always say it's like instructions that was given and put into every human being when we were made and when we were formed in the image of God, uh, our creator. Now, the first thing that he said that he wants to do, like I already said, he wanted you and I to be made in his image and in his likeness. Now, many people just see the creator as this angry being, but he's not. He made you and I so that he can enjoy you and I. That's really why he made us. And what he then said, he says, I want you to be fruitful and to multiply. Now, most people get this wrong. When, and you must have heard this where, where it's being said, be fruitful and multiply. 
And the first thing that we normally think of is, okay, now I must have babies and I must just fill the earth. But that's not what this word means in the original languages. It actually means to be fruitful is to take what you have inside of you and produce something. Produce something of value so that someone else can use it. And then to take this product, if, if you wish, to take this product and then to multiply this product so that more and more people can enjoy this product and can benefit from this product. It, it may well mean to have children as well. I don't discount that at all. But this is the primary purpose why you and I were made. And then the next uh, point in this purpose that you and I have been given is to fill the earth. Now, again, this is with this product that you produce to take this product and then multiply this product and distribute that all over the earth so that people can get hold of this, so that they can enjoy this, so that they can benefit by this. And then the third point is to subdue everything around us. But there's one exception. It's not to subdue and to step on people. People are are excluded from this because you and I have to dominate our environment like I always say I I like technology very very much I use technology to the largest extent that I can but technology should never dictate to you and I what we do and you know in this fast-paced environment where we live in that technology is pushing messages and and stuff to us all the time to the point where you know, we really have to decide where to draw the line because it's text messages, it's emails, it's push notifications, it's phone calls, it's television, every light's flashing. It's just going on and on and on. And everyone is trying to get your attention away from your purpose. They want to accomplish your, their purpose in your life, but they don't want you to accomplish what you have. And that is the important thing that you and I must always remember. And then the last point here, or the last thing that we have been given, is to rule over every living thing on the earth. And like I said, it's really not to rule over people. That is excluded. It's only over things and animals, those we can use to our benefit and to the benefit of those people around us. And it's, it's very important that you and I understand this because if you and I allow the worldly system around us to dictate where they want us to go to, you and I are not going to be able to focus on where we want to go to, but we're going to want to do what they want us to do. And that is not the way to go. Okay, so as I promised, I'm going to share a story with you. And this story is about a young man, but I'm going to start just at his birth. And I'm just going to quickly run through a few of those things. And then we'll really get to his story. Now, this young young man's name is Joseph. And his father had two wives. And the, the one wife, he had a lot of children, or quite a number of children with her. But the second wife couldn't have children. And when she eventually became pregnant and she gave birth to this little boy, they called him Joseph. And this father was so proud of this little boy. But one thing that was not so cool, this father favored this little boy. And he gave him favors over his other sons, which was not so good because the relationship between these brothers was really it was getting really sour and they were getting agitated at him they were really angry at him most of the time and because he knew that his father really loved him so much and favored him he would even bring stories to his dad he became a real telltale and he would tell his dad all the stuff that they do and they liked him even less and then one day he had a dream And in this dream, him and his brothers were in the field, in the farmer's field, and they were binding sheaves. And these sheaves 
of grain that they bound all of a sudden stood up and he stood in the middle and his brother's sheaves stood around him and they bowed down before his sheaf. And the next morning when he woke up, guess what he did? The first thing that he did, he went and he told his brothers about this. And you can just think, now they liked him even less. And they said, you little rascal, now you even want us to bow before you? Who do you think you are? And I mean, the, the, the whole conversation and the whole uh, thing really became, to, to, to some extent, very, very toxic. And then he had a, another dream a few days later. And this time he dreamt that he saw the sun and the moon and stars bowing before his star. He was also a star. And both the sun and the moon and these stars were bowing down before his star. And again, he told this story to his, to his brothers, but he also told it to his father. And his father even became angry at him. And he said, who do you think you are? Do you now expect your mother and myself also to bow down before you? But now you must just take note here. There was something that is being birthed in this young man. And what his dad also did, his father made him a coat, a very uh, a multicolored coat, very nice material, very bright colors, so that you can see Joseph wherever he went. And this even drew uh, more animosity from his, from his brothers, because now they could see him wherever he, he was. Now, the one day his brothers had to go away, with the, the the livestock, with the sheep, and they had to go to a place to go and get some grazing for it. After a while, Joseph's father said to him, Joseph, I want you to go and check up on your brothers to see whether they're doing well, and I want you to take some food and some uh, fresh supplies to them. So Joseph was happy to do this, and he took the stuff and he went to his brothers, but they saw him a long way off coming along, and they decided they are going to get rid of Joseph to the point they actually wanted to kill him. But his older brother realized what was going on here and he stood up for him and said, no, we're not going to allow this. We, why don't we throw him in one of these pits? Now, this, this was like a, a well where they got water from, but this particular one was dry. There was no water in it. So he had the idea he's going to rescue Joseph afterwards when these brothers were not there. But later during that day, after they put Joseph in, into this, this well, so you can just think of the, the reception that he got there. He was glad to see his brothers, but they didn't, and they just threw him into this pit. And uh, his oldest brother went away, but while he's away, a group of merchants on a whole caravan of camels, they came along, and the brothers decided, you know what, let us sell this young rascal, let's sell him to these merchants. We can, can even make money from him and then we're rid of him forever. So these merchants came, they sold Joseph for a few coins and you can just think, Joseph cried, he, he, he was begging them, please don't do this to me, what are you doing to me, please? And they just ignored his pleas and they just, they just sold him. Later that day, when his older brother came back and he was looking, went looking for, for Joseph, Joseph was gone and he went to his brothers. He says, I can't find Joseph. Where is he? And then they told him the story and he said, what did you do? What are we going to tell our father now? And now look what happened now. They took Joseph who had these dreams and he had something that he was already implanted into him. They tried to kill this. And this is very important for you as well at this point to note that whatever you have inside of you, the system around you, other people and thoughts and whatever else is trying to get you away from your purpose, from your life goals, from your reason why you were born. There's many things that's going to try to distract you from being there, even going to try to kill that that dream and that vision that you have on the inside of you. Never let that happen. But we're going to get back to the story 
but I just wanted to point that out to you. So what they then did, they, they decided they're gonna take his robe or this coat that his dad made him and they tore it apart and they slaughtered one of the little goats and they took the blood and they poured the blood on this. They didn't even take it back to their father by themselves. They just sent it uh, by way of, of, of a messenger and they said, we found this coat. Uh, it looks like Joseph. You inspect whether it is. So that's how they decided to get rid of this. Now, needless to say, uh, Joseph's father was heartbroken. He was really, really heartbroken because he was so fond and he loved his young, young boy so much. Now, at this time, Joseph was about 17 years old when he was sold as a slave. Now, Joseph was taken to Egypt as a slave. And when these traders, when they got into Egypt, they sold Joseph to a very important man. Now, this man was the king or the pharaoh of that time. He was one of his uh, high-ranking officers. So he took Joseph into his house. And from the first day, he started seeing that there's something different in this young man. And he, he gave him more and more responsibilities. And he realized that everything that this young boy touches, it just, it just prospers. And you could see that the character of this young man, he's not an ordinary slave. So he gave him more and more responsibilities to the point where this man didn't care about anything that's going on in his house because he left everything in Joseph's care because Joseph took care of everything in such an incredible way. But remember what I said, something is going to try to steal your dream from you and try to get you distracted from your purpose. And this is what happened with, uh, with Joseph's owner's wife. This woman tried to seduce Joseph because he was a young man. Apparently, he was very good looking. He was strong. And she tried to seduce him. But he said, how can I do this? I'm not going to do this with you. Your master or your husband gave everything into my hands. And he's trusting me with everything that he has. I will not do that. I will not refuse to do that. So look what happened. Joseph did not give in for a little bit of pleasure to get him eventually. He didn't even realize it maybe, but to get distracted from his purpose. And that's important to note. Don't get distracted. Don't go for instant gratification. Things that you think, but wow, this is going to be cool. And who else will know? It always comes out. This went on for quite a while until one day when Joseph and this woman was alone in the house and she grabbed Joseph and she said, today I want you. And he said, no, I cannot do this. I will not do this. So what happened, the, the uh, cloak that he was wearing, he just got out of that. He left it behind and he ran. And when this lady saw that she could not get her way with this young man, she started screaming and men came running into the house and she told them, she said, yeah, look at this slave. Uh, your master has put him in charge of everything and now he tried to uh, grab hold of me as well. So she lied. And so when he came home, her husband came home that, that evening, he heard of all this commotion. She told him about it and he was very upset. So what he did, he took Joseph and he threw him into the dungeon. So now we put uh, Joseph in jail and Joseph knew he was innocent. There was nothing that, that he had to, to play a part in this whole thing. But you know what? When you have a dream and when you have a vision, it never leaves you. So when Joseph got thrown in jail, very soon, even the jailkeeper saw, but there's something different in this young man. You know what happened? He took Joseph and he started giving him certain responsibilities. And he also, just like Joseph's uh, previous master, he saw that everything that he gives to this young man, although he's, he was, was a slave and now he's a, he's a prisoner, he realized that everything he does, he does well, and that everything he does, it just seems to prosper. It just works out great. And so he started giving him more and more responsibilities. 
again to the point where Joseph was responsible for a whole bunch of stuff in that prison that the other prisoners didn't even know that something like that can exist. Then the one day, two men were thrown in jail. Now the one was a cupbearer for, for the king of Egypt, for the pharaoh, and the other one was the king's baker. And they were thrown in jail and they were given to Joseph to, to tend to them, to look after them. And after a while, these two men at the, in the same night had a dream. Now the one had a dream that um, he had his cup and then all of a sudden a vine of grapes grew and he took this, these grapes and he squeezed it into this cup and he gave it to Pharaoh again. And the other one had a dream, the baker had a dream that he was carrying three baskets on, on top of his head and the birds of the air came and they started eating these cakes uh, out, of, out of the top basket. So they both woke up and they were very sad that morning because they didn't have anyone to interpret their dream for them. So when Joseph saw them, he saw but something is wrong and he said to these guys, you know what's wrong with you two? Uh, you just look as if you're really depressed. And they said, we are because we had this dream and we don't know what it means and we don't have anyone to interpret it for us. So Joseph listened to the, to the first dream, the one of the cupbearer, and Joseph interpreted the dream for him and he said, you know what, this shows that in a, a few days the, the Pharaoh is going to call you back into service and he's going to reinstate you into the position that you had before. So this man was very excited and he was very thankful for this. And then the other guy was also help or hopeful and he said to Joseph, uh, you know, just tell me the meaning of my dream as well. And Joseph shared with him what his dream meant and he said, the, the three baskets are three days. In three days, uh, the Pharaoh is going to call you but he's not going to reinstate you into your position he's actually going to execute you and in three days this is exactly what happened the the pharaoh the king called both these two men in he reinstated the, the cupbearer into his previous position and the baker they executed him and so be, just before they 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 left prison and when joseph uh, interpreted the dream for them he asked the cupbearer he said please when you get back to pharaoh and when you are reinstated in your position please remember me you know i don't belong here please remember me and just mention that to pharaoh so maybe i can just get out of this dungeon but this guy forgot he just thought of himself he just had his own well-being at heart he didn't care about anyone else he didn't care about Joseph, although Joseph really cared for them while they were in jail, while they were in the dungeon. Nevertheless, a few years later, I think it was about two years after this, the king had a dream. And the king's dream was something to this effect. He saw on the, on the, the banks of the river Nile, he saw seven very, very skinny cows and he saw seven very fat cows. And all of a sudden, the skinny cows came and they swallowed up these beautiful fat cows. And he woke up and he thought, what is this? And he was really upset about this. But then he fell asleep and he had another dream. So he saw these seven ears of, of corn that are uh, very beautiful. They're full, full of grain, full of, uh, full of these, these grains. And, and the, the other seven, they were terrible. They hadn't any um, grains on them. They were very tattered. And all of a sudden, these tattered ones swallowed up the beautiful full ears of corn. And then he woke up again and he thought, what is this? So the next morning he called all these wise men and he asked them to, to interpret these dreams for him, but they couldn't. And that's when this young man, this cupbearer, that's when he remembered Joseph. And he said, wow, you know what? I forgot. There's a young man in jail, in the dungeon. He interpreted both my dream and the dream of this other man that was thrown in jail. So I know that he knows 
how to interpret dreams and that the interpretation of the dreams that he's giving is, is, is really coming uh, to pass. It, it's really true what he's, what he's saying. So immediately the king sent for Joseph. So they got Joseph, they washed him, they shaved him, and they put some fresh clothes on him so that he can at least appear before the king in a presentable way. So Joseph came there, he interpreted this dream for for the king, and then the king said to him, but now how are we going to handle these things? Uh, When Joseph told him the explanation or the interpretation of the dream, and the interpretation was that the seven fat cows and the seven uh, fat ears of, of, of corn are really basically the same thing. It's seven exceptional years, years with bumper crops where they will have everything just in abundance. And then right after that, they will have seven years of famine where there's no food, nothing. Everything will just dry up. And so the king asked Joseph, he said, so what am I to do? He said, what you need to do, you need to prepare and put away enough. That's why you've been given this dream by God. God gave you this dream so that you can prepare so that your people will not perish, that they will not die of famine. And he looked at Joseph and he said, you know what? You gave me the interpretation of the dream. You told me what to do. I cannot think of anyone that's more suitable to organize all these things and to be in charge of all this. And in one day, Joseph went from uh, a person in prison to being the second in charge of that entire Egyptian kingdom. So Joseph was promoted to the second in charge, just below the Pharaoh. And he had to oversee all these things. He was given so much power and authority. And you remember what I shared with you earlier with the authority and the power that you and I have been given. Joseph didn't really know about this until he got to this position when he was uh, promoted, when he was elevated. He didn't expect this. He didn't really deserve this. But yet, his purpose that he was created for was in line with with where he was going. And we're not at the end of the story, but I just want you to see here how Joseph knew who he was. His identity was secure. He knew that he cannot for, for a little bit of pleasure, that he can just let go of what's really in his heart. And that is so important for you and I. Now, I'm just going to divert you a little bit to our Uh, four elements and to the second one which is our purpose and the interesting thing about purpose is when you and I know who we are when you know who you are your purpose absolutely just becomes clear and here Joseph was he knew about uh, farming and all these things and yet he had the wisdom inside of him to control the entire country if you asked him that even probably a week or so ago, he would have said, no, I haven't got a clue how to do that. And yet, his purpose was already fixed. And it's because you know it's not your own abilities. Joseph knew all these things. That's why he didn't want to go with with his master's wife. He knew that it's not his own abilities that enabled him to do these things. He knew that he was made in the image and the likeness of his creator. And most people struggle for their entire lives to try and find out why they were born. Maybe you have been trying and trying to find out, striving to find out who you are. Why are you here? What is your purpose? And today I'm sharing with you how how easy and how simple it really is to see what your purpose really is and and it's really because people don't know what their purpose is because they focus on themselves and their own abilities and efforts the moment you look away from yourself then you begin to see but wow ever since i was a little boy or a little girl i've had this desire to do this and it never went away and you know as a child you are so much more open 
than adults because we went through school and we went through all bunch of stuff that is limiting us in so many ways. Like just like I said earlier, with the world system, we are being bombarded with thoughts from other people. People don't want you and I even to think. They just want us to do what they tell us to do, like puppets or like robots. And that's not how you and I were created. That's why you've got a mind, a very strong mind that you can make decisions, decisions to get you to the to the purpose that you need to fulfill for your life. Okay, let's get back to Joseph because this story is getting even more interesting now. Now, as Joseph was uh, preparing for or during these these um, exceptional times, these these times of of, uh, of overflow, he started building huge storehouses, massive storehouses. And as the crops came in, he just stored them away in there. Every year, he just stored in more and more and more. And they gathered and they gathered as much as they possibly can. So that was this was really a major effort. And Joseph went throughout the country of Egypt, and he just built these massive storehouses. And he just stored all the all the food and all the grain in there. The moment when the, the these first seven years were done, Joseph uh, saw that everything started drying up, and for the first little while, the people still had food to eat. But then, when they when their food supplies just dwindled and they didn't have any more food, so they came to Joseph. And they said, you know, we don't have anything to eat. We want some food. And Joseph went and he started selling them the the food. He started selling them back to these people. And this money that he made from that went into the king's uh, coffers, of, of course. But at the same time, there was a famine all across the world. And Joseph's family, his father and his brothers, they also were subjected to this to this famine. And one day when their food supplies were, were finished, they, um, Joseph's father said to his brothers, you know what, why should we perish and die here? Why don't you go to Egypt? I heard someone saying in Egypt there's plenty food. So his brothers, except for his youngest brother, went to Egypt. And when they arrived there, Joseph immediately recognized his brothers. But because of his position and because of his dress and because of, because uh, I, as far as I know, the Egyptians at that time they were also wear wore makeup and stuff like that, so and and wigs and so on. So uh, Joseph recognized his his brothers, but his brothers did not recognize him. So he decided he's going to kind of test them. So he was very harsh on them, and he said uh, to them. You guys are just spies. What are you coming to do in this country? You're just coming to spy us out. I don't trust you. But then he started asking them questions as well. And he said, are you the only brothers? No, they said, we've got uh, two other brothers. The one is no more. They didn't say he was killed. They just said the, other bro- the one brother is not anymore. And the youngest one, he's with our father. He said, oh, you've got a father. How is your father? Is he still alive? Yes, he's still alive and he's doing very well. So Joseph uh, got all this, this information, this fresh news from his, from his brothers without telling them who he really is. So now he went because he really wanted to test to see whether the hearts are still so, so, so hard and so angry with people and uh, whether they or whether they changed since the time that they actually sold him to to come to Egypt. And this was, uh, Joseph was 17, and this must have been just before his 30th birthday. So it was was quite a number of years. So it was about 13 years, 12, 13 years before that Joseph was actually sold as a slave into Egypt. So it was a long time. So obviously they wouldn't have recognized Joseph and they obviously they didn't expect to find him as the second in charge of Egypt. Anyhow, so Joseph said to them, I don't trust you because you're spies. I want you to go back to bring your younger brother here and I'm going to keep one of your brothers. 
I'm gonna keep you in uh, in jail here, right here in Egypt. And they pleaded with him. They said, please, we cannot bring this younger brother to you because our father will not allow it because he's, he's so clung to this, to this uh, young boy. He, he will not let him go. But he said, well, that's your problem. Uh, you don't get this brother back if you don't bring the youngest brother. And if you ever put foot here again, I'll throw you all in jail. So they didn't have a choice, so they went back and they told their father and he refused. He said, I will not do that. I already lost one son. I'm not going to let this younger son go because the same might happen to him. And one of the brothers, he said, Father, please, we need to do this. We cannot go back to that, to that man if we do not take our youngest brother with us. He will he will destroy us. We can't, just cannot do that. So for the moment, they just left it. But when their food supply finished, then they realized, but they have to do something. They have to go and get more food. So the father said, okay, go. They said, father, you know, we told you we cannot go back there if we do not take our youngest brother with us. And so eventually the father, after lots of protest, he said, okay, let him go. If I don't see him again, I'll go to my grave as well. But take him. Just just, just go because we need food to eat. So the brothers went. And when Joseph saw his youngest brother, he was very glad to see him. But again, he did not disclose who he really was. So he was still a bit rough on, on, on these men. And uh, the one day he said, okay, let them eat with me. And during that time, Joseph revealed himself to his brothers and he said to them, don't be afraid of me because you meant evil for me, but our creator meant for good, not only for me, but also for you. Because if I didn't come to Egypt, I wouldn't have been here to give you food. And you know what? He didn't even let them pay for the food. And then Joseph did the, the next thing. He said, Go and get my father. And he sent a whole bunch of vehicles with him, back with them, to go and get his father with their households, with everything that they have. Because he asked the Pharaoh, and the Pharaoh said, the king said, that he will get the best land to Joseph's family. And so that's exactly what they did. So they went back to go and get Joseph's father. And... When he heard that Joseph was alive, he was ecstatic. He said, but how can this be? And obviously they had to tell him the truth, what, what really happened. So anyhow, so they, they packed up their things, their whole family with all their belongings, and they came back to, to Egypt. And when Joseph saw his father, obviously he was so ecstatic, but in a way he had to prove to his father that is really Joseph, that this is not just a hoax and this is not just a setup. So exactly what he did, I don't know. But his father realized that this is really my son. And again, the Pharaoh decided and he said to Joseph, you can give them the best piece of land and you can look after them the way that you want to look after them. Now I want you to, to look a little bit back in the story, the dream of the sheaves, even the first time when they came to buy food, they had to bow down before Joseph. The second time when his father also came, even his father, because of the Egyptian custom or customs, they had to bow down before Joseph. So those dreams that he had since he was a young man, those all became a reality. Not only in his own life, but also that of his brothers. And he assured his brothers, he said, don't worry. Even if our father dies, you can stay here in this place. I will look after you. And even after I'm dead, you will still be able to live here. And as history goes, Joseph's father and um, the, the, his whole family, and they multiplied massively. They became a whole nation. 
and they stayed in Egypt for over 400 years. And that's because this young man, he knew who he was, he knew uh, his identity, he knew his purpose, although it was not always so clear, but he clung to his relationship with his maker and he realized that's the only way that he can get through it. So now let's go to the third piece of the puzzle of our true leadership elements and that is vision. Now when you and I know who we are and what our purpose in life is, that's where your vision becomes more vivid. It becomes so clear that you see the picture, you see it, whether you sleep, whether you're awake, you see this picture in front of you. And your vision becomes the light, it's almost the light, so to speak, that guides you and keeps you on track. Because if you don't have a vision, you're gonna you're gonna not go anywhere. So it's really as if this vision is a shining light on your path. It takes you where you need to go to. And then it's not just, you know, you're just going on in the dark. But it's, you know why you do things, you know what you do, the reason behind all these things. And it actually helps you to define and plan your life in detail. That's really what vision does. It helps you on your way to plan and to reach your goal that you really want to. And then the fourth piece of the puzzle is your potential. Now this is very interesting. Because you know your identity, because you know your purpose, and you have a clear and a crisp vision of where you're going to, then your purpose, it just becomes evident. Because whatever you need to fulfill your purpose is already built in into you on the inside remember how we saw with Joseph he didn't know he was going to rule basically a country all of a sudden or had to look after all these things he had to make provision for this massive expansion in in this country and that he was the person responsible for making sure that it that it's performed properly and he had to manage everything and he had the authority and the power even given to him from the king of of Egypt to do everything that he needs to do and to do it well. And that is how powerful this is to you and I. And you and I both, and let's just focus on you, you have the potential to fulfill your purpose because it's built right into you. So never ever look on the outside of you to try to find the things. Yes, you know, you're going you're gonna to need things. You're going to need people. But these things will just come to you. The moment Joseph stepped into that position at the right time, he was given the power, he was given the authority that he already had on the inside of him. And people were, were gathered around him. I mean, he couldn't do everything himself. Obviously, he didn't do the building. He just commanded people to do this stuff. And that is how all these four pieces, how they fit together. And it's, it's also true, you know, that we need these physical things. We need the people. But there's not really anything missing because it's all on the inside of you. And just like people are being drawn to your fruit for what you have to give out, it's almost in the same way that the right resources, the right people are being brought to you to help you to get where you need to get to. Because relationships are so important because you cannot do anything on your own. You may think you can, but you cannot. You need relationships with people to take you where you need to get to. And that'll happen. You don't have to go and look for these people. They will come to you. It's just almost like a supernatural thing that just starts happening. It just, it just happens. And that is really the essence of these four elements of, of true leadership and to know who you are. So let's just 
recap quickly on these four points your identity you need to know who you are you need to know that even before you were created you had a purpose and as something that only you can fulfill and your purpose is so much easier to find when you know who you are don't try to be someone else don't try to mimic someone else because you are unique like I said to you, I need what you have. Millions of people need what you have. So don't try to mimic someone else. I tried that in my life. It doesn't work. It smells. It's almost as if it repels people. It keeps people away. Just be yourself. And then your vision. When your vision is clear, crystal clear, that's as if it's a light to help you and guide you where you need to go to. And then everything you need, your potential is already inside of you. And all those things will just come out and it'll just help you to get where you need to get to. I really trust that this message, this story of Joseph will help you to understand that you are unique. There's no one else like you. No one, no one, no one else. So I want you to know who you are so that you can do what you are called to do. Thank you so much for listening and please share this message. Share this message with family or friends so that they can also hear what they are destined to do. And I, I need to take this message out and I cannot do it on my own. I need you to help me. So please share it and subscribe to this, to this podcast. Subscribe to it so that I can... Uh, notify you whenever there's a new episode which will come all the time and it's my passion to help you to be who you were born to be so that you can do what you are called to do thank you so much for listening i'm looking forward to seeing you in the next episode Thank you so much for tuning into the rise and shine show today please hit that subscribe button and share this podcast with your friends and family i'm looking forward to seeing you in the next episode